Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. We're starting a new series today called The Invitation. And I'm sure we all know what an invitation is. It's where someone invites you to be part of something. And so it might look like this. Someone invites you over to their house uh, for dinner. Or you go to the mailbox and there's a letter and it's an invitation to a wedding or a baptism or a christening or someone's 50th birthday. Or maybe a group of friends are organizing a, a holiday interstate or overseas and they invite you along. It's an invitation. You're at school or university and you've got to do a group project. Does anyone remember that? And there's all these different groups and one of the groups says, hey, would you like to join our group? That's an invitation. It's where someone invites us to be part of something. All these are examples of what it might be like to be invited to something. And you know, it could be life-changing or mundane. It could be ordinary, surprising. It could be well-planned out. It could be spur of the moment. It could be deep or it could be superficial. But they're inviting you to be something that they are part of. Whatever it might be, you're invited to be part of it. And that's exactly what this series, The Invitation, is all about. Someone inviting someone else to be part of something. Matthew 4, 19 is going to set the tone for this series. And it's where Jesus gives an invitation for someone to be part of something. He says this, it says this in Matthew 4, 19. And he said to them, follow me. And I will make you fishes of men. It's a two-part invitation that Jesus gives. Part one is follow me. Part two is I will make you fishes of men. Invite others to follow Jesus, basically. Both parts are about following Jesus. So God has given this invitation to us. And it's an invitation we need to RSVP to every day of our lives and so myself daily when I wake up I ask these questions of myself am I following Jesus today am I inviting other people to follow Jesus today and so we're going to delve deeper into this topic over the next three to four weeks and we're going to look at things like how do we follow Jesus and why we're going to look at what's our responsibility in inviting people to follow Jesus Uh, also how does the church fit into this following of Jesus and also if you invite someone to Elevation Church what are you inviting them to what is our vision what's our mission what's our values and also some practical ways that we can invite people to church and resources we have to help you to do that and I'm really looking forward to this series and as your pastor I want to encourage you to make a commitment right now today that over the next four weeks you will be part of this series a commitment to listening to each one of these messages and whether that's us continuing online or in person at church or listening on the podcast, I really want you to say, hey, over the next four weeks, I am going to impart, I'm going to partake of, I'm going to receive what it is that we are trying to focus on on this next season, these next couple of months, these next six months as a church as we look at the invitation. And I say that because I believe 
It is one of the most important things that Christ has asked us to do to follow him. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you are with us in every season of life. Lord, what we're going through right now, Jesus, I thank you that we can call upon your name. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. So I pray, Jesus, you're with every person, man, woman, and child. God, if they need help, that they would call out to you. And in their hour and their time of need, they would be rescued by your presence, your Holy Spirit, your ability to come in and change situations and circumstances to bring miracles. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Turn to the person next to you right now. Say it's going to be a great preach today. And if you're by yourself, why don't you send a text message to someone right now. Say, hey, join me in watching a preach right now. It's live. Send them the link. That would be so, so awesome if you would do that. My youngest son is Roman and he is four years old, turning five in September. And he is always asking questions. He's always uh, saying why. He's always asking for something to be explained, to be detailed. He's inquisitive. He has a, a, a mind that is always querying things and he wants to try to understand the world around him. Then there's one question that children eventually ask you and it's a question you kind of dread because you're not 100% sure how you're going to answer it. And if you've got kids, and they're a little bit older, you've probably been through this. If you've got children who are really, really, really young, you may not have yet. And if you don't have children at all, and one day you do, it's a question you'll have to answer as well. And the question is this, where did I come from? Where did I come from? Daddy, mommy, where did I come from? And you can answer this in a couple of different ways. You can go the, uh, the Disney way and, and say there was a stork, it's flying along with all these packages of little babies and it flew into our house one day and left you there and that's how you came to be. You know, like uh, uh, Dumbo, the movie, has got the stalk. Uh, that's one way you can answer it. The other way you can answer it is like a, a biology teacher. You'd be like, there's a mom, there's a dad, sperm, egg, uh, there's love, uh, uh, there's all these things that are happening and then nine months later, you appear. That's where you come from. Or my favorite way is the avoidance way. And what you can say is, go ask your mum or go ask your dad, yeah? Has anyone done that way of doing it? Where did I come from? And any parents here today would know what I'm talking about. And think back to the way that you handled it. Was it funny or was it awkward? Uh, did little Johnny have a nervous breakdown when he found out about the birds and the bees and all those types of things? You know, I'm kind of making a little bit of a joke of it today. And we understand that as we get older, we get wiser, we start to understand the world better. Hopefully we become more mature as we age, not always, but hopefully we do. And, and we get more experienced at understanding the world. But you know what? The question never leaves us. It never disappears. The question, where did we come from? And I'm not, uh, I'm not talking about who your parents were. I'm not talking about your family tree or your ethnicity, culture, or the race that you're a part of. I'm talking about something at a much higher macro level here, uh, more at a existential level, I would say. And, and humanity, mankind, the animals, 
the plants, the planets, the stars. Where did we come from? It's not a new question. It's a question that's been asked for thousands of years. It's part of a set of questions that mankind has wrestled with over the ages. Questions like, where did we come from? Why are we here? What is the purpose of life? Is there life after death? Big questions. Questions that go to the very core and heart of our existence. Questions that have stumped smarter, more intelligent, uh, more educated men and women than me for a very, very long time. They're questions that maybe you've asked yourself. And if you've ever been through any period of time where you've had suffering or trials or or lost or, or hurt, you will no doubt have asked why. How come? Why am I here? Why is this happening? And every person, whether they know it or not, no matter how young or how old you are, every person at some point in their life will ask the question and is seeking and searching for answers to those questions. Where did we come from? Why are we here? What is the purpose of life? Is there life after death? And the invitation of God, and this message series really starts at this level, at this macro level, uh, this level of thought, and it may seem intellectual, or it may seem an, in, in, uh, an academic endeavor, but it really isn't. See, why does my son Roman, at the age of two, ask the question, where did I come from? Because he's wanting to understand life. And, and why does a man or a woman at the age of 16 or 25 or 44 or 58 or 83 ask the question, where did I come from? It's because there's something within us that wants to know, that is searching and seeking and looking for answers. And this is where God steps in and addresses these questions and brings answers to our lives and Christianity, the Bible, answers these questions. The Bible writers inspired by the Holy Spirit have written in the Old Testament and New Testament and they answer and they point to a God who fills the void that these questions may leave in our lives. They point to a God who brings truth, inserts His truth to bring completeness to our lives. And these truths are so important for us to know because we need to know them because others are going to ask those questions of us. So our remaining time today, let me share some answers to some of these questions. If you're taking notes, write these down. Number one, where did we come from? How did we get here? How did all this come into being? What caused us to arrive on the scene for humanity to be where it is right now? The Bible says it was God. He created the heavens and the earth, the animals, the plants, the planets, the stars, the sun. In Genesis 1.1, it says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That means that everything that you see from the very smallest thing to the largest uh, galactic level thing, God created it. What about humanity? What about man? What about woman? God created man and woman. Genesis 2.7, 
Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being. God breathed his breath, the spirit breath into our lives that caused us to become a living being. You got to ask the question, if God created us, why did he create us? Like for what reason? And the very short answer is simply this, for his pleasure. Yes, that's right. God created us to enjoy us, to find pleasure in a relationship with us. Revelations 4.11 For you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things and by your will they were created and have their being. To reiterate it, Paul says this in Colossians 1.16, For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him, for him. Hear that again, all things have been created through him, for him. So we've been created for God, for God's pleasure, for God to enjoy us. And being created for God's pleasure doesn't mean that we're made to entertain God or to provide God with amusement. No, it doesn't mean that at all. What it does mean is that God is a creative being. I mean, just look around at everything around you and beside you, nature and Everything else, even everything that we have created as humans is because God created us first. Just look at all that. He is a creative being and it gives him pleasure to create and it's, uh, to create things. And he's also a personal being. So he's a creative being, but a personal being. And it gives him pleasure to have other beings that he can have a genuine relationship with. That's where we come from. God created us Number two, is there life after death? Is there life after death? And this question raises and brings up all other kinds of questions after it. What happens to us after we die? Do we simply cease to exist? Is it just darkness? Is it just nothing? Is it a revolving, a revolving door of reincarnation to try and be a better person in the next life? Do we all end up in the same place or do we go to different places? Is there a heaven and a hell? All these additional questions. Here's what we believe from how we interpret the Bible when it comes to life after death. Firstly, yes, there is life after death. Jesus says this when talking about the Son of Man's return, which is himself, one day eventually in the future in Matthew 25, 46, says this, then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. He also says this in John 14, 1 to 3, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I go, that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. So Jesus, he talks about a place of eternal punishment, and he also 
that we call hell. And he also talks about a, a place of eternal life for the righteous and a place with a house of many rooms, which we call heaven. So eternal punishment, hell. A place for the righteous, eternal life, a house of many rooms that we call heaven. And in addition to this, we also know that one day we will be resurrected into physical bodies. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 15, 20 to 22, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. The first fruits for those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of death comes also through a man. For as in Adam all died, so in Christ we will be made alive. So death came through one man called Adam. But resurrection life, eternal life will come through another man, physical eternal life, through another man called Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. What kind of body will this be? 1 Corinthians 15, 42. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is a spiritual body. One day we will be glorified. We will be risen again. Our bodies will rise again into a glorified body just like Christ rose again physically into a glorified body. Number three, what is the meaning of life? The purpose of life. I say this so many times, it is really important as Christians to know our Bible, to read our Bible, because in our Bible, we will find God's truth revealed to us. and We'll find answers to all of the questions of life. And so, no surprise, we find in the Bible, at the very beginning, a clue to the meaning and the purpose of life. In Genesis 1, 26 and 27, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And then 27, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. The Bible says that we were created in his image, the image of God. And what does an image do? What is the purpose of an image? An image, if you were to take a picture of your family member and put it on the wall, why do you do that? Well, an image displays something. When we put the photo on the wall or on our computer, we're displaying something. An image displays something. It puts something on show. And so then us as humans, as men and women created by God in His image, what are we showing what are we putting on display? Isaiah 43, 6-7 Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the end of the earth, everyone who is called by my name, who I have created for my glory, who I have formed and made. See this again, Jesus said, created for, God says, created for my glory. And then 1 Corinthians 1031 says this, so whatever you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of 
God. He's starting to see a picture here. You're starting to see the dots connect. There's a jigsaw puzzle making sense. We were created to bring glory to God. And this is what God did. Glory to God. This is what God did when He created the heavens and the earth. He brought glory to Himself. This is what God did when He made the animals and the plants and the the planets and the oceans and the seas and the stars and the the sun and all these things. He was displaying His glory, His creative being. He was glorifying Himself. He was saying, look at what is created by me. Look at what I have created, not in a prideful manner, but in a manner that is holy and true and a manner that is righteous that says, look at this. He was bringing glory to himself through creation, created all for his glory. And today, if you don't get anything from this message, I want you to grab a hold of this statement I'm about to say. Write it down. The purpose and meaning of life is to join God in the eternal purpose of bringing glory to Him. Let me say it again. The purpose and meaning of life is to join in the eternal purpose, the eternal purpose of bringing glory to Him. God created all this to bring glory to Him. We are to join Him in that purpose of glorifying Him. Or even simpler, if you can't remember this, let me say it to you in a more simple way. Our purpose in life is to glorify God. Glorify God. See, when we understand, when we truly understand how God answers all these questions that we might have, the people we love, the people we know, the people we meet might ask. When we understand these questions and how God answers them, we start to understand the invitation that God is giving each and one of us. There's an invitation in these answers. The question, where did I come from? The answer, God created me. The invitation from God to be restored into a relationship with Him. The question, is there life after death? The answer, yes, there is. The invitation from God to spend eternity in heaven with Him. The question, what is the meaning and the purpose of life? The answer to glorify God, the invitation from God to do what you were made to do and to glorify Him. See, do you hear it? Do you see it? Do you feel it? Do you receive it today? The invitation from God. That's God's invitation to us today. That's where He meets humanity and reveals Himself to be the answer. He says, I am the answer. To all the searching and the seeking that you are doing. I am the answer to the questions. I am the answer. I I am the truth that you are looking for. It is me. He is inviting you to be part of something. To be part of something. The next step, what do we do with the invitation? How do we respond to the invitation? That's the next step. Wow, if that's the invitation, how do we respond to it? What do we do next? Well, I'm glad you asked because next week, you have to come back. Next week, we're going to look at that. We're going to delve into that question in greater detail in Matthew 4, 19 and answer that. He said to them, follow me 
and I will make you fishes of men. If you'd close your eyes right now, just want to pray for anyone in this place right now, anyone who's watching, anyone who's listening. Today, God, I just thank you and I just lift your name up. I just bring glory to you, Lord God. I praise you and glorify you today, Lord. Jesus, I pray that we would truly understand the invitation that you have invited us to be part of. God, to know where we have come from, we were created by you. Lord Jesus, to know that there is a life after this earth and we can spend it in eternity with you, Lord God. God, to understand that there is meaning and purpose in life and it's not the pursuit of happiness or the pursuit of experiences or relationships or success or material things, God, but it is to glorify you. God, I thank you that you are inviting us to become part of something greater than ourselves. Lord Jesus, I pray that we would let that just sink into our spirit and our soul, that we would let that, Lord God, speak and minister to us today. Lord Jesus, all through homes, all throughout Melbourne and wherever people are listening today, I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit is ministering right now. Jesus, that we are receiving this truth. God, you created me to enjoy me to find pleasure from you. Hey church, just like Pastor Russ said last week, God is not looking at you as an angry God. God is not looking at you as a disappointed God. God is looking at you through the eyes of Jesus. He wants to enjoy you. He finds pleasure in a relationship with you. God loves you. He died for you to bring eternal life to you. He wants you to understand that the purpose of life to be in relationship with Him, to glorify Him through your life. God, I pray for Christians and believers and followers of Jesus listening and watching this today, that they would receive that, Lord God. God, there's other people, and maybe this is you today, and you're watching this, you're listening, you're in your home right now, maybe you're in the car, you're in the office, you're at the beach, I don't know where you are, but you're listening right now. And As I've been speaking, something has been speaking to your heart, and You've been saying to yourself, well, how do I? How, how do I accept this invitation? You know, in, in life, when we receive an invitation to a wedding or a christening or a baptism, usually we have a RSVP, Responde Suvu Play. And it is a, 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 a saying, yes, I am coming. Or no, I don't want to be part of that. God wants us to RSVP too. The way that we do that is we just say some simple words to invite God to allow God for us to be part of something He wants to do. So today, if you're, if you're here and, and you're listening, I want to say to you, if you've never accepted Jesus into your life, that's how you respond. That's how you RSVP to God's invitation to know that you're created by Him, that there's a life, eternal life after this life, that you were made to glorify Him. That's how you respond to Him. To do that right now is very simple. All you need to do is pray a simple prayer with me. That prayer is this. Dear Jesus, I give you my life. Come on, wherever you are, say it with me right now. Maybe you've said this prayer a thousand times. Come on, every day as a Christian, I pray this prayer. Jesus, I give you my life. Come on, one more time. If you really mean it, from your heart, confess it with your mouth. Jesus, I give you my life. Give you my life.
God all around this place right now. All around in Melbourne. Jesus, I just pray. These people have prayed this prayer for the first time. Lord God, come right now. Jesus, move this from an intellectual endeavor. Move this from an academic thought. Move this into the spirit of their mind and the spirit of their heart to receive your invitation that you want to know them, that you want to be with them, that you want them to spend eternity with you, that you want them to stop the unfruitful, the futile attempt of finding meaning in life. It can only be found in a relationship with you, Jesus. Let them experience and know that right now, Lord God. Transform them. Make them new creations. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.